right. Coming in strong. Episode 70 with uh, two of us on visuals. <laughs> got, got, got Jason. Jason is the icon up here in the corner. He is here with us. Uh, I'm having some potential system issues. Yeah, yeah, he's he's getting them figured out. But uh, welcome to Pi Day, episode seventy. Uh, yeah, so we're we're gonna be talking today uh, about everything <laughs> brewing related and pie related. <laughs> I, I, I oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's also pre St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Yes. Well, True. If I yeah. can get back on camera, there will be green beer. God damn it. Um, oh. oh, okay. Whatever. Uh, food coloring? <laughs> oh, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're growing like a new type of mold or something. Though. I was going to say he's harvesting algae blooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I completely expect this entire episode to be off topic. But I will say, so I'm, I'm drinking uh, a cold IPA right now. But I dug deep for this episode, and I have in my possession a Ferndale Caramel Apple Pie. Hey! Sour. So I do have a pie beer for Pie Day. Not actually brewed with pies, but you know, it's close. It's about that's, as it's about as close as I can probably ask for. Closer um, than than uh, what I got. So here, <laughs> what are, what are you guys drinking? Uh, I've got cider. Um, just my standalone straight up cider. Oh, welcome back, Jason. We see your face again. Cool. Um, we'll see. Go for but it. Yeah, yeah, just drinking cider. And then, of course, the uh, standby for afterwards. So I, I'm bummed, Brian. I actually have uh, two or three of those pie, uh, Ferndale pie beers, and I didn't even think about it today. Uh, I wish I would have you known know, if you need to bounce and and go dig one out while while Jordan and I talk, I'm sure that can be arranged. I know exactly where they're at, and uh, warm is not our. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I will show too. Um, I don't know if this has made an appearance. Oh, nice! The, uh, from from the yeah, from the beginning of the of the show. What I was going to say, the this is the first show in. I can't remember how long I'm actually drinking a homebrew. Oh, nice. Is that I'm your dark? Sure yeah, this is a dark, uh, check dark lager or maybe Schwartz beer. Don't know. I, 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 so I was going to say, send it out to a competition, enter it as both. Um, I know we've given that feedback out in our like competition mm -hmm. discussions before. Um, one thing I was reading for the NHC's rules this year, they do not want you sending the same beer out under multiple categories. Um, so if anybody's listening, I mean, not that they're ever going to be able to know or anything like that, but it's apparently part of the rules, at least this year. I don't remember reading that in prior years. It, it could have been there. I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. In fact, um, originally, gosh, I want to say, I'm, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the the guidance that I got on that back in the day I actually think came from uh, somebody I mean I, I, I I'm not going to say Gail but it came it came from 
somebody in, uh, in, in, in relation to the NHC. How mm. have you from Moorhead? <laughs> like, <laughs> emailing back and forth, I think I remember getting the, just enter it in both. Um, yeah. So that's funny. I, I will say that when I've done it in the past um, with, with Columbian Grind, when I used to enter Columbian Grind in um, as an Irish stout and then as uh, sometimes, sometimes I've entered it as like a foreign extra. Once I think I entered it as an herb, spice, and vegetable. Um, tried different things with it, but I usually give it a different name. And then, yeah, they 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 don't know. Yeah. Not not saying if Gail's watching that I'm going to totally not do that. I promise I won't ever do that again. <laughs> Good wink. So. Are we actually talking about how to brew with pie? Because I'm totally down for it. I mean, it's it's pie day. And I mean, outside of pumpkin beer, uh, which actually I thought of when, when we started this, because I know how much Jordan loves it. That's my favorite. Um, it, it did. It did. It kind of got into my head. Like, you know, I, I've I've drank beer, of course, made with pies before. Um, you've got one in your hand. Uh, or I don't know. If, are you drinking it right now? Me or Jordan? Yeah. You. I got, I got the, the Michigan Brews glass. I got some cold IPA. Oh, the cold IPA in it. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it's not, it goes beyond just pie. Like, as a home brewer, um, we, we have many scenarios where we, we want to kind of throw some funky shit in there or, you know, throw a batch of cookies or uh, or a pie or, or, or how do you do that? Like, you know, and so that was the question that popped into my mm -hmm. head. I mean, I know how I would do it, but I thought it'd be a good discussion to get, go through and talk about you know, what are your different options when you're when you're going for uh, a heavily adjuncted beer, whether it's a pie-related beer or a cake-related beer? I mean, how like um, Old Nation with Sanders' uh, Bumpy Cake beer. That was amazing. Uh, and even some of these pastry stouts that, that other places are doing, you know, like what is the process that you guys typically go through or, or, or that we typically follow when we're trying to... Uh, throw a bunch of sh weird shit in our beer. That's, that's <laughs> popped in yeah. my head. So I think a good place to start is, uh, is, is to, to talk about, um, fats and sugars and, uh, things like that. Um, so when, when adjuncting beers, you sort of have to be mindful about, um, about shelf life, right? So if you dump like, say you just dump a bunch of like pies right into your fermenter um, at, at the end of fermentation or something like that, um, you're gonna have a ton of oils and fats and things like that that are gonna be mixed into your beer. Uh, you know, unless you cool them down and kind of skim them off the top and stuff like that. But those are things that can go rancid, you know, over time. Um, granted, you're going to get a lot of like the, the flavors and stuff from the, the sugars and the flavorings and whatever the hell, you know, people are putting in these things, but, um, it's not to say you can't do it, but I think that it's going to be one of those best drank fresh, uh, batches. Yeah, I um, agree. So I think that that's a good place to start, sure. but um let's talk about adding adjuncts and like the, the mash versus like the boil versus uh post-fermentation what uh what are your thoughts on on say something like oh i don't know say you were let's 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 use pumpkin pie as a yeah. as an example i know but but uh you see people brewing uh and mashing and and adding uh bits of sweet potato i'm sorry 
Um, pumpkin. Pumpkin. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like sweet potato pie better than pumpkin pie. So whenever I think of pumpkin, I think of sweet potato instead. Um, but you, you see people adding, you know, uh, pureed pumpkin uh, or, you know, baked sugar pumpkin um, to the mash and the boil and, and dry pumpkining and, and all these other things. Um, what, what are, what are your guys' takes, you know, on, on using pumpkin in that way? So I, I've, I've done it. Um, and, and, or this is what I've done, I guess I should say is, is I feel like, and it's funny, I actually feel like pumpkin is a really shitty example to go to. So let's use something pumpkin, else. Well, no, we can I mean, save that for October. No, no, no. Let me, I, I'll explain why. Like when, when you get okay. into pumpkining a beer, pumpkin itself, uh, you know, is the majority of pumpkin beer is actually going to be the spice, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people do yep. add pumpkin. I have added pumpkin to it, um, but you're really getting it's it's the spice, it's the cinnamon, the clove, the the nutmeg, and stuff like that, and all of that stuff plays really really well to be added in. You know, and, and even flame out. You know, and it can and can be fermented, or you know, you can tincture with it really, really easily. Um, but when I did brew, so I, I what I'm saying is, I don't think you know, like what you had said earlier about the risk of, um, you know, fats and and stuff in the uh, beer. I don't I don't think with pumpkin beer is typically a problem. Yeah, um, it's just because of, of how they, they typically do it. Now, if you're if you're going with something weird, you know, like you're going to add um, whole you know, pumpkin pies prepared. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, we're, we're going to add an actual prepared pie or uh, pastry or something or, uh, you know, uh, something with chocolate milk solids in it or something like that. Then I think you get you run into that chance. But so for pumpkin beer, I I, I'm all about the the flame out. You know, I, I put pumpkin mix and pumpkin seasoning and pumpkin uh, puree um, right into the kettle at flame out, and let the beer ferment on it. The yeasts can eat some of that, you know, pumpkin the, the residual sugars from the pumpkin. You gonna do that as well? If you like took a took a whole pie and just just toss it in, you gonna throw that in a flame out, or is that gonna be something where no, you would see do? That, yeah. That's where I get into. Like, I think any time that you're doing that, you know, like let's let's go with, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna throw this pie or this cake, or we're gonna do, you know, like a, a something with gingerbread cookies, or a good example would be like when we did with keepers, not too far back, you know, with the uh, the cookie. Uh, beer experiment. Um, I feel like all of that's got to be done in secondary. It's got to be prepared uh, or contained in some way so that you're getting the essence, but you're not, you know, totally mucking up your uh, fermenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting getting little yeah. chunks of you know uh, flaky crust and whatnot right. in your bottles. But I mean, that, that's just me. So Brian, I mean, you know, you brought it up. Like, what, what do you think um, or how have you used it? So he, here's my thoughts on, on adjuncts in general. Um, for the most part, everything belongs in, uh, in the beer after primary fermentation is over. Um, you, you're going to lose anything like volatile uh for the most part if you mash with it like a lot of those aromas and, and stuff are just going to get boiled off 
Um, you might have Maillard reactions that make, you know, other weird sugars or things like that taste funky. Um, if you add it during the mash and then boil it. Um, and really it's just not going to taste like, uh, why, what it is, unless you, you add it and, and essentially just soak it in the alcohol that's already in your beer. Um, and, and, it, and that goes for so many things like, uh, using graham crackers or like, um, Nilla wafers for like a, you know, a pie crust, uh, sort of flavor. Um, in fact, I'm doing, I don't know if we decided on it. I'm either we're doing Nilla wafers or graham crackers in a, uh, um, peach cobbler mead. Uh, sometime soon. I just have to uh, get the vanilla, or I'm sorry, the cinnamon sometime soon here. Um, but I have like four gallons of that sitting in my basement right now. It's tasting like really fun, but um, yeah, I, in general, just adjuncting in secondary is, is the way to go. But again, you got to be mindful of um, all, all the spoilage uh, things that can, that can go into it. Um, yeah, but that that being said, I've never actually heard of anybody opening a beer and being like, oh, yeah, this tastes like, you know, rancid fat from the birthday cake that I added to my beer three months ago. Oh, no. I, so, I, I, have I you? Yeah. Yeah, I've absolutely done that. I, I've made that mistake as a home brewer and opened some beer in my basement that was like, that shit's oily, greasy, rancid. But I, I just wanted to you know, chime in, like what you just said was, you know, typically by adding that stuff into secondary or, you know, you, you're saying that, that that's your recommendation. All, any adjunct should be added in the secondary. I think for the, the, some of the beers that I've gotten away with it, um, and I mind you, this is, I don't disagree with what Brian's saying at all. Like I'm, I'm, I typically would agree that everything does go into secondary. I just know some of the beers that I made, I made when I was much younger and more inexperienced and it's just the way I did it. And mm -hmm. so I keep doing it. Um, but back to that, I think the act of adding something in the flame out might help cut down on some of that risk of spoilage because I'm effectively pasteurizing. I don't know. Perhaps. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't do it anymore anyway. I don't make yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make a pumpkin beer anymore unless somebody forces me to. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you like sweet potato beer? Is it the spices that you don't like? Jordan? Yeah, I, I think we've, we've narrowed yeah. it down to specifically like all spice is specifically the flavor that i'm not a big fan of hmm. okay um but yeah it's since that's really like the only thing that i know of that is commonly cooked with allspice um really yeah it's I, I can respect that i mean that's funny then i wonder now, now maybe I will have to make another like faux pumpkin beer and not put allspice in it, Jordan, and see if you can drink it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd try it. I, anybody who's made a pumpkin beer, I've always tried it. I mean, regardless, I know I don't like it, um, but it's one of those things I can still tell if it's well made. Like, I can tell if those certain yeah. flavors are overpowering. I know what pumpkin pie is supposed to taste like. I just don't like it. But um, yeah, I mean that's that's about it. I feel like. Every time we come up with come come across adjuncts and beer, this conversation comes up. 
Well, my hatred for pumpkin. Yes. Uh, well, let's flip it for a sec. So um, let's say instead of like adding pie or something as an adjunct to beer, like your goal is to instead like this, you know, caramel apple sour that I have down here, um, recreate the flavor of a pie in a beer without using, you know, the end product in the beer itself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um I think that one thing that Jason and I uh, discovered when uh, Jason, well, probably more Jason specifically, when he was trying to uh, recreate like an Orange Julius uh, IPA uh, was that different, you know, vanillas, for instance, taste different from each other. Um, vanilla versus vanillin extract versus beans. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh with if you're trying to like recreate like a pie beer or something like that uh honestly you might be better off using vanillin extract because that's the flavor that we often associate with those desserts and stuff like that um and and it's not you're not you're not adding that in you know as like a poor man's extract or anything like that you're adding it in because you're targeting like a very specific flavor um, yeah yeah exactly it's you're you're it's targeting yep that's all it is I, 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 I think I, I think I remember you from like a couple of months ago, right? Yeah, I think. I think so. We have, we have yeah. like one or two Twitch people that pop in just like occasionally. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to try to see if I can fix this issue. Yeah, All restart right. your router or All something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. You you're the you're the cinnamon expert. Um, kind of. Yeah, yeah. As I was as I was deemed <laughs> years ago, more than me. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if you're if you're targeting like a very specific type of cinnamon flavor, um, you know, there's there's three, four, maybe what types of cinnamon out there that are really popular and uh, you can sort of target specific flavors with them. Yeah. So what what we use here in the States primarily is actually not a true cinnamon. Um, oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. Not the export anymore. It's been so long since I've looked into it. <laughs> Um, uh, there's a uh, Cylon, Cylon. Um, there's Cy, uh, Cy, Cygon. I want to say, maybe maybe it's Cygon that I'm thinking. No, there there is there is Cylon, oh, which is C Y oh, okay. E L O N or something like that. And then I think okay. there's actually like a Cygon cinnamon. Um, and then uh, shoot, I can't recall the other the name of the other actual like actual cinnamon. Um, and then what we have is like a related bark, yes, but yeah. not. Cassia. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Um, but yeah, and what, what we use here is primarily uh, going to be that Cassia, Cassia bark, uh, which is similar to cinnamon. But from what I gather, most other spots in the world are really going to be using any of the other true cinnamons. Hmm. Um, so, you know, if you find something that you really like here in the States, dessert that has a lot of cinnamon in it, uh, like if you're going after like a snickerdoodle, flavor um just use uh, I, I mean i i'd hesitate to say use the stuff that you find in the store because i've only ever used i think one or two different types of cinnamon uh and using bark like the actual barks is hard because they can leave in a lot of uh tannins or astringency in the in the oh, beer if you really if you leave them too long yeah well, if it's wood uh, you're just yeah i never even thought wood. about that okay yep. yeah yeah that's why i think um you know, I had 
my Cinepug stout that I brewed for years and kept putting into competitions and it would come back with okay scores. It would never really win any medals. Um, but then the first year I, I toss it off without any of the cinnamon in there, it ends up taking gold. Um, so, and what, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it was like base beer is fine, which was the whole point of the, doing the experiment. I was just like, okay, you know, this beer is not winning anything. I need to just brew the base beer and see how it turns out. And then I'll keep refining the base beer before I put the cinnamon in there. And it turns out that the cinnamon was really the problem. It was drying out the beer quite a bit. Um, and yeah, that I was using just, you know, maybe two or three pieces of bark about, you know, two or two or three inches long uh, in there and let it sit for, I don't know, three, four days, maybe it, was, it wasn't mm -hmm. long. Um, so yeah, yep. That's the last time I ever really brewed with adjuncts was, was that. And I, I always wanted to get my hands on, uh, I want to say it's Saigon cinnamon or shoot. Now, now it's gonna, now it's gonna escape me. Um, <laughs> go and look it up yeah do you, do you have you ever used uh like an extract with you know a vodka or everclear or anything like that in your cinnamon um instead of just adding the cinnamon right to the beer you know i wanted to and that was going to be my next step after i refined the beer uh but you know like i said then it won gold and then uh pretty much um we we hit covid and I haven't ever really rebrewed it since then. So that, that that's that's gonna be my next step. And it is it is Saigon. Uh that's the cinnamon that I wanted to um wanted to try using because apparently that's got a lot more of a, a bit a bit of a smoother and sweet flavor than mm, okay. um you know the cassia cinnamon that we use here is very pungent uh and quite dry. So yeah. Yeah, and it's the same thing with vanilla beans. You had mentioned vanilla beans earlier. Like you have not only the different types of like vanilla or vanilla and these types mm -hmm. of extracts, but you have your different types of beans as well. Uh, you know, Madagascar, Tahitian, I think, are the two common. Mexican, Indi yeah. yeah, Indonesian, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they all, they all have different flavors and profiles to them. Um, I remember back when I was trying to do a uh, like a bean flicker clone and uh thrown in coffee and vanilla beans and i was like i can't remember what it was i couldn't find madagascar vanilla beans uh, uh from wherever i was so i just bought whatever was available and i want to say it was like indonesian or tahitian or something like that mm -hmm. and just was not great they had like this spicy character to them it just wasn't that like that sweet vanilla, you know, flavor that you get, that smooth flavor is, was very mm -hmm. kind of harsh and attacking. Yeah. So I'm back. I'm going to give up on the video. Uh, okay. But keep, keep doing speed tests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to jump in on, I know, Brian, what you mentioned earlier, like when we were doing the Orange Julius thing, um, and I think more so like with, with what you were talking about, Jordan, with, with baking, you know, when, especially, you know, if you're going to put, if you're going to call out that this beer is apple pie beer or, uh, you know, uh, oatmeal cookie beer or whatever, that's where it, it actually would behoove you probably to use that baker's vanilla or that cheaper vanilla extract because people, you know, they have that in their mind. Like that's what an oatmeal cookie tastes like, or that's what, 
uh, you know, grandma's apple pie tastes like, and it was, uh, you know, it uses those flavors. And so, so just saying, oh, I'm going to go throw cinnamon in, or I'm going to get a, a kick-ass, you know, $8 Madagascar vanilla bean, it's not the same flavor. Right, right. And I guess the, the other thing to think of is uh, specifically, like you said, those, those flavors that are in the end product of a baked good, they're going through a, a cooking, a transformation when you bake them. So mm. the flavors of what you're putting into that recipe aren't necessarily what's going to be coming out because there's, there's other interactions from everything yeah. that's going on in there. That's so, a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. You have to attack the flavor that you want, not necessarily the ingredients that you're supposed to use. I've never yeah, considered it's that. It's it's that it's it's coming up with you know with flavors, especially with something that's so familiar to people. Like you can't you can't fuck with that. Um, yep. You're, you're you're trying to 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 trigger a memory response or uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so when dealing with cinnamon or vanilla or you know these other adjuncts. Um, how do we know how much to put in, you know, like, how do I know that I only want like two vanilla beans in there or like 20 milligrams of vanilla, or, you know, 30 milligrams of cinnamon or something like that. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> Experimenting. <laughs> Don't go little is better early on. At least that's, that's the way I see it. Like if you're adding in vanilla beans to a secondary, it's not great to mess with it, but um, add in less at first. You can always add in more later. Yeah, that's good. Not, that's good. That's good advice. I, I, you know, I've said it many times. I started brewing based on the the whole, uh, you know, extreme brewing, go big or go home, and and I've done that. You know, and, and I've made some horrible mistakes. Uh, you know, at no at no point should you ever put like damn near a pound of orange zest in anything. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> what? Um, but that said, like, the, the, if, if you're if you're into cooking, uh, a good rule that I've always been gone by because uh, I I got into brewing because I love cooking, and there's some flavors, there's some spices, there's some you know profiles or whatever that you really can't overdo. Um, so you know some of those it's it's okay i guess to go with a little bit more um here coconut um is like that yeah you know coconut technically cinnamon doesn't really you know you can add a lot of cinnamon before you you mess something up uh you know vanilla is relatively those are two relatively minor um you know you can you can add a lot of them you know in cooking it's like that with like parsley you know you can add as much parsley as you want. you're really not going to mess anything up with it uh I feel that way about cumin. Uh, I think I actually think you should put cumin in everything. Um, huh. But there's, there's other spices, other seasoning, you know, pepper, you put in just a little too much pepper and then you've ruined the dish for people. Um, That's funny. But, Cause I, I feel that way about cumin, but not pepper. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> do you eat cilantro? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll like lettuce. I'm like a yeah. rabbit. So that's another one. Like I'll, I'll, I, I can't, you can't put in enough. If the dish is supposed to have cilantro, it can't yep. have enough. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm with you on that. Yep. <clears throat> but <laughs> what I've done and what I've, I've, I've actually done with this with other home brewers, other, other home brewers that are much smarter than me. Um, you know, if you have the opportunity, if you have, uh, you know, whether it's some of the beer, um, 
you know, the beer is, is done or you've got your bases done and you know what kind of flavor you want to use, pull some out and then make up a little glass and, and add, you know, it's, it's math and it can be kind of weird, but I know we did this with one of the gang brews where, um, you know, we were trying, I forget exactly what we were doing. I know we did once with uh, salinity where it's salt, you know, we we're trying like how much salt do we add to a beer? So I, I pour out four ounces of beer and I put, you know, a gram of salt in it and then taste it and then, and, you know, keep adding a gram at a time and then do the math. So here's, here's a question, you know, where's the topic type thing, but what kind of salt do you use? Oh man, that was the, the huge variety. Uh, really? Is it yeah. really like a differences in the taste of salts? Uh, Brian, next time you're over. Uh, really? So I, I, are, you, are we going to do a, a salt flight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? I really? Get, get, it, get it salted. That's, <laughs> there's such a wide variety in salts and what they do. Uh, the mineral huh. content, um, you know, I, 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 off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you what is in a traditional, what, what, what type of salt is traditionally in like the German, you know, that goes, uh, uh, mm-hmm. but I know in making my own, I tried, um, you know, pink Himalayan, which is very salty, very soda me, soda, sodium me, if that's a word. Uh, yeah, sure. I tried uh, red Hawaiian uh, volcanic salt, which is, is not very salty, but it's super mineral rich. It's very uh, almost metallic. And then there's uh, French gray salt, which is very earthy. Again, low, low salt content overall or low salt flavor, but um you know, adds just a really complex, rich, you know, earthiness to it. So uh, it is not table salt, no matter which way you cut it. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Don't use ionized salt. That's no. I, I would I would say you know, especially with 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 beers, you want to go with a minerally salt. You know, salt with a high mineral content. Um, and and those are just three salts that I bought when I was I was playing with it. There's so many more. Um, different, different volcanic salts. Uh, you know, there's a, I, I tasted it once. I've always thought it'd be cool to do it in a beer, but there's a, a, it's an Asian, it's either Japanese or Korean where they, um, they cook salt in bamboo, uh, like nine, nine times baked salt or something, I think it's called. And it's, it just yeah. got, it has this really crazy earthy, clean vegetal, I don't know. Interesting. See, I, I was just looking for not table salt, but now I've learned a lot more about salt than <laughs> I thought I was going to. So not table salt. Yeah, that's all back right. to it. Like cool. to pull on the string Brian started, you know, you're gonna make an apple pie beer, but you don't want to put an apple pie in it. Like what are you gonna do? What do you do? What do you do in in particular? all of the flavor profiles that are going to make you think of an apple pie. And he just opened that. So what do you taste, Ryan? Uh, yeah. So we got, we got caramel apple pie sour. It's, it's beautifully clear. Um, so when I think of apple pie, um, I think of cinnamon, I think of apple, I think of brown sugar. Um, and, and I don't eat apple pie all that much. It's not my favorite. Um, but I think of like butter, buttery crust. Yep. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically like uh not not graham you know but more like uh um what's like the white pie crust i don't know it's butter crust, crust right or butter crust. Yeah. yeah 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 um 
yeah, I don't, I don't know what other spices are in in, in an apple pie. The cardamom is is that in like an apple pie? I have no idea. Um, I mean, you could that, that'd be citrusy, I guess. Some people might use anise or something like that. I don't know. Yep, typically it'd be like an allspice apple pie spice. All spice is have, yeah. uh, similar to pumpkin pie. It's gonna have nutmeg. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Does apple pie really have allspice in it? Because I like apple pie. Now, now you're starting to make me question reality. I think it depends on who makes it. I, I was okay. just googling apple pie spice. So the pre-made apple pie spice, uh, I think, has five different spices in it. I was uh, I was bound and determined not to like this beer before I poured it, but I'll be damned if it isn't actually pretty good. Why um, were you? Why did you want to hate it? Caramel apple pie sour. I mean, yeah. all right. I don't, you don't. You don't, maybe it's maybe it's so so apple and sour that that goes together, right? But I don't normally think of like caramel going with like acidity. Um, but I think what they did in this beer is they it's it's very light. Like the the caramel is it totally takes a back burner. Um, it but it but it's there. It is there. It's it's not like biting into like a, a caramel apple on a stick. Um, it's well, more. Well, then you wouldn't get the crust. I don't. I don't get any crust or anything. But it's more like drinking a cider uh, that has a little bit of like, uh, like melanoidin or caramelization or like depth to it or something like that. I'm looking at that aspect, but not not like a lot. It's not like a candy beer. Like it. It's very much. Very much sour and cidery. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so traditional apple pie spice is going to have cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, ginger, and cardamom. So, Jordan? I'm back, back to the there drawing board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I thought we had it figured out. Um. But so, you, yeah. you get you, within that within that beer, Brian. You get you get all the other flavors. You're just kind of missing the crust. Now, how old is it? Because I feel like crust is one of those things that be the first one to kind of nosedive off on the flavor yeah. profile. This was canned November of uh, 2020, so we've we've got some age on it. Yeah. Um, okay. They say uh, so. Ferndale again. They do pretty much all of their um, adjunct ingredients and secondary, as far as I understand. Um, they say it was rested on apples, caramel, graham cracker, and apple pie spices. So um, maybe it's just had a lot of time to to mellow out. It's it's definitely not punchy. It's it's very well blended and, and maybe even a little bit mild. And I probably like it more because of that. Interesting. All right. Or maybe I I'm getting sick. When those were <laughs> fresh, I, I seem to remember them being very in your face. Yeah, it sounds like it would be. Yeah, um, and this has been cold the entire time. Um, it's been in the back of a a mini fridge downstairs, so it's not like it was, you know, sitting out in the garage or something. But um, Brian chimed in a, a couple minutes ago asking if we ever use candy cap mushrooms. He says they supposedly taste like maple syrup. Like, are we talking actual mushrooms or candy caps like a type of candy mushroom? I, I'll, I'll let him answer, but I'm assuming it's a kind of mushroom. That's what that's what that's what I'd assume, too. I don't know anybody who's brewed with mushrooms. Well, I mean, has a, a mushroom beer on right now. Do they? 
Yep. It's it's not the first time they've brewed it either. It has those uh it's chaga though. Ch yeah, chaga, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, that makes that chaga makes sense. I in my opinion, chaga's cheating. That ain't I mean it's it, <laughs> chaga don't taste like mushroom, chaga tastes like coffee. Yeah. But it the, the beer tastes it has like this really mild earthiness, but otherwise like it that doesn't really taste like mushroom to me. Um, I really liked it, and I don't like mushrooms. What so. was that one called? I was just there not too long ago. Oh, uh, I don't remember. I'll look it up while I talk. Um, in in addition, yeah, he says actual mushrooms. So, uh, in addition to like that, um, there's fenugreek. Yes, too, which which I have not used. That apparently tastes like maple. Um, uh, I'm I'm sort of like on the I'm 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 so here's the thing <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go on a rant. All right, let's let's hear it. So many, and I'm gonna try to rant while looking up that one beer. One well mushroom beer. Um, so so many people say don't add honey to your beer. Don't add maple syrup to your beer. You're not gonna get those flavors. They're gonna ferment out, and. I feel like so many people don't understand the concept of like stabilization, which we probably should have touched on like half an hour ago because we're <laughs> talking about adding all these like sugary adjuncts and shit like that to beers. Um, but we don't you talk. Know, you can buy lines. you can buy grade A dark maple syrup and add that to a stabilized beer and get some really, you know, good maple syrup flavor uh, out of that. And the same thing with honey. Um, if you couldn't do that with honey, then back sweetening meads would be, you know, pointless. So um, I think that that you know, back sweetening with different types of sugars is something that certainly can be explored. Back sweetening with brown sugar uh, for a pie beer, uh, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent. That's what I'm doing for this uh, um, uh, peach cobbler mead. You know, uh, back sweetened with honey too, but you know, a pound or two of, of brown sugar to taste. Um, a pound or two? A pound or two. This the, it's going to be. So be I sweet. mean, exactly. Well, let's let's think about that too. Uh, so if we're if we're trying to recreate a pie, you don't want you know. I mean, what is it's really sugar? It's a dessert, right? So you want to to have you, you want to make those like those those memory connections you know like uh like jason mentioned earlier you want to you want to trigger those responses um so really sugary yeah you you might have that um you do want to still balance it you don't want it to be like cloying um so adding graham cracker in there um then adding maybe like a little bit of tannin or something like that um like a grape tannin or or something is, is probably fine um, and you probably want it, but um, I don't think that going, I, I think you have to go more sweet than not sweet if you're trying to replicate a dessert in a beverage. Um, so how do, you, how do you do that? Are you just melting it down into a simple syrup or dumping it right in? Like, how, how are you back sweetening with your pounds of brown sugar? And this is probably how I would do it with beer too, maybe to a point. Um, the thing about beer versus mead um, is that mead doesn't oxidize nearly as fast as what a beer does. 
So um, with a mead, what I would do is I would just draw off some of the mead and mix in honey or sugar or something and, you know, get it a little warm. Maybe we're talking like 90 degrees Fahrenheit or something, just enough to really get it to mix into solution uh, and then add it back in and, and give it like a, a really gentle swirl. Um, and, and really, that's all you need. I wouldn't add it right to the, the fermenter because if you do that, um, you really are going to have to give it uh, some, you know, some gusto, gusto to get to get it all mixed up and stuff like that. Yeah, especially something granulated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and honey doesn't just like dissolve. You can't just like pour it into a fermenter and like expect it to get in a solution. It'll just sit at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you you have to warm it up at least just a little bit, mix it in with something. Um, so I would I would try it for certain styles. You may not want to try that with like a New England IPA or something like that. Maybe, you know, depending on on, on how you do it. Um, there's 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 a lot of people that are being um, very clever with how they add hops and and stuff to their to their beers these days without exposing exposing the beer to too much too much oxygen. So. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely try to get it into a very liquidy solution first before adding it back into the beer. Um, but I think it's possible. I think that, um, it's a good way to do it. I don't, I'm trying to think what, what sort of beer would go good with like a good amount of maple besides like a, like a nice hearty stout. I mean, you could probably do like a maple blonde. I mean, you have your coffee okay. blondes. Totally. Like, yeah. That would, yeah. Yeah. And that, and that I think would require just a little bit of maple. Um, yeah. And, and again, going back to ingredients and stuff like that, there's different levels of maple syrup. Um, <laughs> what used to be called grade B maple syrup is think is now called grade A dark. Yes. Um, yep. So that's like, you know, not quite molasses, but it's it's very, uh, very dark, very thick, very rich maple syrup. Um, you don't need a lot of it to get a really intense flavor. Um, and that's what you would want to use if you're making like an Acer Glen or a maple wine or something, too. Um, you know, speaking of that, I still have some of that old maple syrup that I got from long, long ago. Got like a half gallon of it. I was just thinking, I like, to, I think mine's bad. I need to throw it away. Mine, mine might be. I don't know. Mine's been sitting in my <laughs> geezer, so it should should have been should be cold the entire time. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm kind of thinking, like, I was just kind of you know letting the old brain box go wild for a second. Um, maple mead, like, why not back sweeten a mead with maple syrup? I feel like that might yep. be good. Yep, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and I'm sure most Acerglins are. Um, no, probably. Yeah, that's yep. Yep. To, to some degree or another. Um, you know, a lot of that maple flavor ferments out. But I mean, you, you've made a maple wine before, right? Yeah, I have. I you guys said it yeah. made you turn blind. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of that flavor still does stick around. And, and I think that like, that's somewhat a testament to like, even if you do ferment it dry, like it still has a little bit of that maple knee mapleiness there too. So I, I, I don't want to say that there's nothing to be said for, you know, adding honey or maple or something to a beer and, and expecting all that flavor to ferment out. 
but you might have to use a lot of it if you're not stabilizing first which which means in turn your abv is going to go yep yeah <laughs> so you're you're going to have a hot beer uh you're going to need to let that thing cool off for a little while before you know it you, you really start tasting those flavors because you start pushing that abv up too high it, it's going to need some time to mellow um and i've been throwing around you know stabilization a lot for the last 10 minutes but um so maybe we touch on that for a second too. Yeah, let's do it. Um, for for and we'll probably just stick with chemical stabilization because for beer you don't really want to do anything else. You can um, the goal here is is to make the yeast not ferment any sugar. Um, that's what we mean by stabilization. We d we don't want any more sugar fermented after the primary fermentation is done. We don't want the yeast to do anything else anymore uh, we want to either kill it or neuter it or something um so the easiest way to do that is to heat it up but you don't want to do that with beer like if you heat up beer to like 140 you know 40 50 degrees to kill off yeast uh, you're gonna uh, potentially like start the isomerization of alpha acids that are in solution up again um you're gonna drive off like volatile aromas uh other things are going to get weird with the beer you just don't want to do it once once it's cool leave it cool yep um, so um there's two chemicals that brewers and winemakers and mead makers um, often use to chemically stabilize their drinks and that's um potassium uh, sorbate and potassium metabisulfite um and there's i think there's like sodium Sodium metabisulfite, yeah. Yeah, you can use yep. two. Yep. Um, but that's not as common because it ends up potentially leaving a little bit more of like a, you know, more salinity in the beer, that more of that salty flavor, which you don't necessarily always want. Uh, so potassium is way more neutral. So if you can find potassium, I'd say stick with potassium. But um, the potassium sorbate, um, I mentioned earlier, it basically neuters the beer, make or the yeast. It makes it so the yeast can't reproduce anymore. I just um, never heard that term. That I, is... I don't know. It, maybe it's not a term. Maybe it is. <laughs> no, no, it's it's pretty. I've read it somewhere. It's, so it has pretty to be. accurate, and it's amazing. <laughs> Giving your yeast so, the old snip, snip. Yeah, and cutting off those testicles, ripping off the little yeasty ovaries. <laughs> um, <laughs> So no no more yeast reproduction no more no more producing healthy yeast cells that can that can uh, you know munch on some sugar, and then the uh, the metabisulfite ends up stripping your uh, your wort or must or whatever you're making your your wine beer with uh, uh, of oxygen. So basically stripping it of like a, a necessity that it needs in order to um, also reproduce and, and do important you know. Um, metabolism things to consume that sugar and create alcohol and, and CO2 and stuff. So um, there's instructions on the bottles on how to use those. Um, <laughs> hey, Matt, how's it going, buddy? Thanks, Matt. Um, I, I'll, I'm going to actually get back to Matt in a minute too, maybe near the end of the show or something. But um, uh, so I lost my track, my, my train of thought. And, and anyway, um, oh, measuring them out. So there's there's instructions on the bottles on how to use these. And for the most part, um, 
the instructions that are on the bottle are are probably fine for beer. Um, the uh, the actual measurements that you may need for like a wine or a mead uh, are very much dependent on things like uh, uh, like pH and um, uh, sulfate levels and stuff like that that are already in the must. So it gets pretty complicated and it's a little bit above my like knowledge level to even like speak on. Um, but for the most part with beer, you can follow the dosage levels that are on the bottle and probably be okay. Um, stabilize with both of those. You can use them at the same time. Some people uh, recommend uh, measuring out one, you know, uh, at one day and then another, another day, and then adding the sugar back, you know, on the third day. Um, I've never found any issue dosing with both at the same time, doing a, uh, a gentle swirl um, and then uh, back sweetening, you know, 24 hours later. So play with it. But um, one thing that you may want to do, like with uh, sugar, like I recommended, is mix up the uh, sorbet and metabisulfite in a little bit of liquid, um, probably just like warm water or uh, beer or something. And then once that's all mixed up, add that to the fermenter. Um, again, it's just to get it all mixed into solution properly because I think it's the sorbet maybe that doesn't mix in super well. When you when you get it, it looks like like they kind of look like tic tacs except yep. like a quarter of the size. You know, yeah. like yeah. Yep. <laughs> when you when you so, put it in your solution, they just kind of sit on top. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who knows if it even mixes in, you know, once it starts sinking and stuff like that. So it's good to get it all mixed up um, in, into a liquid format first and then dose and then just let that kind of spread all over and stuff like that. So uh, that's, I don't know, that's enough Brian splurge for the moment, but. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for letting me go off. It's a different what? show, man. <laughs> splurge, splurge. Oh, okay. You must have cut out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I don't even remember what started this whole thing that went from this to this to this to this, but that's the beauty of the show, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, I, I think it was going off. Yeah, I was going off on my tangent on on, on adding honey and, and maple and stuff like that. So, in any case, um, give it a try. I think that there are too many quote unquote rules of homebrewing out there right now that people like to spout off um, without giving more thought to you know to, to how to do it yeah when when somebody when somebody asks how do i get maple flavor to my beer it's either use fenugreek or don't bother you know or um or add maple at bottling and then you'll get people that are like oh it's just all gonna ferment out or something or like that. get bottle bombs so, yeah. so here's the thing too and uh I guess I do have to go off on this tangent too. What I've been talking about is only viable if you're kegging. Um, yeah. If you are bottling and bottle point. carbonating, uh, once you stabilize your beer, you know your yeast aren't going to ferment any more sugars, which means that they're not going to ferment your bottling sugar, which means you're not going to get carbonation in your beer. Um, back sweetening is hard when you bottle carb. It's not impossible though. 
Um, again, you can add sugar to your beer cap uh, and then bring your beer in bottles up to, you know, uh, 140 degrees for 10 minutes um, to, to kill off all the yeast at a certain level once you believe that it's about carbonated to where you want it, yeah. but it gets dangerous. Because if you're measuring is imprecise and some beers have more sugar and some have less, um, you could potentially have beers that are already very highly carbonated and highly pressurized in the bottle. And once you start heating that up, um, you are risking that bottle blowing it up. Uh, I, su- up I suppose if you had like <laughs> clear bottles or something like that, you might be able to UV pasteurize, but I don't know who has that type of technology at home or where you <laughs> would find that many no. clear bottles, you know, yep. or pop top. Like, I suppose theoretically it would be possible if somebody out there, you know, has, you know, a few hundred clear bottles that they UV pasteurize. I'd love to hear your process, but, um, yeah. I've done that. I've done the heat pasteurization method with uh, ciders before, um, and it's not fun. It's scary. I wore like a neck guard. Like oh a, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't I, do I tied it. like a shirt around my neck and had like glasses on and stuff. So. Why did you? Why did you heat pasteurize with a cider? Shouldn't you? You should have sorbeted that thing, man. This was the very first cider that I ever brewed. It might have been the second thing that I ever fermented. I think um, I remember this now. Yeah, that, I think that I remember. Was, I was living with Tim in in mm. the in the apartments, so. Um, it, it's because I wanted you know a semi sweet cider, cider, and and I was like bound and determined to, to do it and i'm like i'm not gonna drink this fucking thing dry and it worked it worked great i didn't get any glass shards in my neck uh but it was stressful and i i don't i would not want to do it again i think it was uh you know right after that that i was like as soon as i move like my very first big investment into this hobby is going to be to keg Yep, that's where a lot of us end up going. <laughs> Same thing back, at least. Oh yeah, even even before I invested in uh, you know fermentation like temp control and stuff, I was like, I got a keg. Yep, I just... it was one of the first first things I did too. Decided that I think I think I started kegging before I was actually even doing all grain. Pretty sure. I don't I mean, remember I, you not doing all grain, so <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that at all. It's funny. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has. I, my, I've had my kegerator now. Shit, like thirteen years or something like that. Oh my god, the same one. Yeah. Oh no, no, the, no. The the oh. chest freezer's been replaced, but okay. Uh, okay. I had I had that fifty dollar facebook marketplace find for like eight of those yep. years <laughs> yep. that's a good way to start yep i mean the, the real investment is all on the shanks and faucets and lines and regulator and co2 tank and all that, that shit. yeah but, that's it yeah, yeah the collar the kegerator like even if you buy uh, you buy the chest freezer new like the collar and the kegerator are not that expensive i mean you might have 300 bucks between the two of them but to get four shanks and everything else i mean you're probably looking at what another well maybe three to three to five probably 
Um, one of these days, I don't think we've done, have we done like a kegging episode? Like what it takes to like, I don't think so. I think there's, there's I mean, an idea. Yeah. That might, that might be worth it. Not that there's not a billion of those episodes around, but. Well, um, we can share our journey. It doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's about us and how we do it. Like, I, say, I, I totally not, agree. About all of our bullshit and off topic. Yeah. And so. How's that internet treating you, Jason? I've given up. I hate I miss, it. I miss your face. <laughs> uh, he's going to get me. He's going to do it. Sitting here slamming hams, being pissed off. Okay. Yeah. So every Monday night, basically. <laughs> yeah, that looks different. Yeah. Every weeknight, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go there now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pour this beer until it... Oh, yeah, I think there's like garbage at the bottom of this beer, like you do with some of the adjunct beers. Some of the stuff I just poured, it's not nearly as clear as it was, you know just a little bit ago, but I'll finish it off like that. So, yeah, you got anything to add to the, uh, the, the back sweetening discussion, Jason? No, I mean, I know you've... you've done it more than I have. Um, I agree. You know, I, I, I do the sulfate and, and stuff. I don't, I, I think one time I did, I did something similar. One time I, I thought I can, uh, I can heat this vessel and get away with it. And uh, I actually think I did it once in the keg. Like I heated a whole keg. Um, I was being really stupid though. So. <laughs> I've never thought about doing it that way. I mean, that'd be way safer. I mean, kegs can hold what, like 120, 150 PSI. Wait, what are we, are we talking about pasteurizing in a keg? Yes, yeah. we are. <laughs> might, have, might have tried it once. <laughs> how, wait, how did you heat it? Do we have these big giant uh, pots? I mean, really? You, did you just put it in a, in, a, in a pot of boiling water? No, no, I heat the water up to like... It wasn't boiling. I didn't go boiling. I didn't. I didn't want to get into like a pressure cooker situation. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, my boil kettle is fifteen gallons, so you know, heat it up. And so what I was doing. All right, if we're gonna go there, I had this root beer braggart that braggart root beer braggart <laughs> that, they, that I failed on like multiple times. I, I had it turn, you know, massive bottle bombs. I think we've talked about it on the show before that, you know, like I was popping caps and they were blowing six feet away and it was just geysering. And um, I, I, I probably brewed that three or four times and I was never successful getting the product that I, I want, I wanted. Um, and so I think that was one of those times I just, I took the keg and, and heated my, my brew kettle up and got the water hot and then just kind of sat the keg in there and, you know, kept it at, at that temperature until I thought it was pasteurized, you know, like 20 minutes. It was never. Yeah. Yeah. It was never very, I, look, I'm, 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 I'm admitting this was not the smartest thing I've ever done. Um, <laughs> not recommended at home. I would not recommend it at home. Yeah. 
uh, that work? you know, <laughs> but I was, I was really careful to keep it. I didn't want to oxidize it. So I put the whole keg up there. I I'm heating it in the water and I'm, I'm like using the pressure relief valve to like blow off pressure, you know, but I really think I just blew off. It, it, nothing really came out. Like it, it, it didn't, it didn't get hot enough to build a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it really did anything either because I couldn't really keep track of the core temperature of the liquid. Cause then I would have to open the keg up and defeat the purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kind of, you know, did it for a while. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then it cooled back down. But again, it was, you know, I, I wound up dumping it anyway. So it wasn't a beer. It was, it was a very heavily flavored. It was, the thing is, is back in the day at Homebrew Fest, Kraft used to have this amazing root beer, hard root beer. And it was, mm. it was phenomenal. It was in the early, I don't know, like year Before five, like the not your father's not yeah. your. Okay. And they gave the recipe out. You know, I think I actually had it like printed at one point or, or they had a link to it. And they're like, yeah, here's the recipe. I, I've always wanted to talk to Keith, and if he's listening, he can he can maybe answer this. Or if he ever hears this, then you know, send me an email, Keith, and let me know. But I brewed that thing probably I don't know several times. Uh, I was never successful. It never came out the way I did it exactly the way they said in their instructions. Um, you know, with like very very minor tweaks uh, based on some of the ingredients that I had, and for the fact that I always said that I, I try to brew my own recipes, whatever. Um, but I mean, we're talking incredibly minor, minor tweaks, uh, and it never came out. So for a while there, I actually thought Kraft was just trolling people and just like making this amazing thing and then giving them some shitty recipe. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> get good, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not saying that they would do that or be dicks like that. I don't, I don't do that, but I'm. I, I, I tried so much that I, I just kind of got to the point where I'm like, they've got to be fucking with me. Uh, and it just, yeah. So that's how I tried to do the whole keg. Don't do stupid shit at home, kids. We're, we're learning from your examples. Yeah. <laughs> You're just getting me to tell you my fucking embarrassing stories. Yeah. yeah we can, we, we should, we could have a whole episode on that. Just, yeah, probably. Jason, Jason tells all of his embarrassing stories. Whatever. Jason you know what? bears it all. If, you, if, you, uh, if you're not willing to dump out a batch of beer or take the risk to dump out a batch of beer, I don't really think you're a home brewer. So. I, uh, I've, I've become increasingly um, okay with doing that as the years go on. At first, it's like, you know, I invested – $40 into this batch. I'm not going to dump it. I'm going to fucking drink this thing. And as I get older and gain more weight, I'm like, I'm not going to invest my calories into this shitty beer. <laughs> so, oh, no, you know? I, I, I respect those people that are going to learn from their mistake and drink it anyway. You know, they, they keep it themselves. Where I, I, where I have trouble is people, you know, brewing it badly or knowing that it's bad and then not working at making it better 
yeah and then giving it out to their friends and and still it's the same thing like go back to netflix and watch dogfish head dump a million dollars worth of 120 oh that's painful yeah you know just because it didn't taste exactly how it was supposed to like if you're gonna if you're gonna be proud of your beer and share your beer and and you know it's one thing to take your you know bad beer to a club and or friends and ask them for feedback to help you get it better but if you're just gonna brew shit and then give it out to people uh I don't, I don't think that's cool. So, but I'm with you now. Like, I don't have time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give bad beer out to my, my friends. And I'm not going to, I only have so many calories and so many, so many beers to drink left in my life. And <laughs> I don't have time to waste much. Yeah. It's gotta be good shit. Yep. Well, and, and part of it too, you know, you, you have to say, you know, none of us brewed good beers when we first started out. Well, maybe Jason, you you won a medal with your first beer, so you know. But whatever. first one, then I dumped a whole bunch, man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but but like maybe you don't know, like like if your beer is not great, like you know we're all so we want to be proud of everything that we do, right? So, um, join a homebrew club, let people there, um, not judge your beer, but just be like, hey, you know. I, I, I taste something off with this, like, you know, maybe the last questions or something like that. For the most part, like 99% of homebrewers out there um, are really cool with not being assholes. They don't come to club meetings to be like, you know, this beer shit and my beer is better and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. everybody wants to be supportive in, of the hobby and, 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 you know, help everybody else make to make better beer, especially... When you are the uh, club I Michigan homebrew club of the year, uh, <laughs> and and want to make sure that all of your club spears are uh, meddling to maintain that 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 award level. So, even as much shit as we give each other, you know, and I know I know we love giving each other shit. You know, even the times where we brewed the exact same beer and like side by side of it i don't think either of us were ever like yeah mine's better than yours no no absolutely not. it's not it's like yours mine has more vanilla and yours has more like malt depth and honey yeah, and, you know, right. yeah. they're different beers and, but, and, but and they're also and good then, and there's family the family comes in and supports you so, hi mom thank you for oh thank you. hi, <laughs> hi brian's for, mom thank you for occasionally watching my my crazy homebrew show so it's <laughs> great. Oh, so, so caramel. We, I don't know if we ever really talked about like you know if, if you want to make a beer with pie, uh, if you want to make a pie beer, you want to make a cookie beer, you want to make this or that. Like I, I, I think to go back to probably where we talked about 45 minutes ago. Um, maybe come up with the flavors, you know, right? Like, you know, apple pie spice and vanilla yeah. uh, wafers for the the crust, and uh, you know, a little a little brown sugar, you know, like Brian mentioned. You know, it, it, the the chances of you putting a a whole couple of whole pies in a in a in a bucket with your beard probably a lot riskier. Not saying that. There are plenty of breweries out there. In fact, in fact, like I forget who it was that just did the punchki beer where they put just in like, dump punchkis yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's those gimmicky beers out there that do it, and you can do it. 
yeah and, and those flavors do come through yep yep um I would actually say, but, oh do, my God, the mess. I can't even imagine the mess. Oh, sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. I would say do both plant. You know, if you want to do sure? like, like say you want to do a, a, a peach, uh, a peach pie blonde or something like that, like plant, plan on brewing the beer twice and uh, do one where you're being analytical and picking out the flavors and trying to measure it out and brew that beer that way. And then yellow it and brew another one and throw a, throw a peach pie in it and, test them back to back and see what happens. I mean, I've had some, I've had some great beers. Um, I was just thinking, uh, I was at the, uh, winter beer festival up in Grand Rapids a couple weekends ago, and I had a great beer from, Oh, then shit. The name is going to escape me, but it was, it was made with, um, fuck. Now the dessert name is going to escape me. God, it's too late in the show for this. I thought about this earlier. Tiramisu. No, it was Dutch. Oh, God. Um, Banquette. That's it. Ah, they were oh, wow. made of. Okay, so isn't that from the Bleach anime? Oh, it's almonds and. Yeah, it's, it's the only it's, one that's going to get that joke. It's a, it's basically an almond yeah. log, like with mm-hmm. this flaky crust around it, and it's delicious. I love it. My wife's Dutch. I get I get it from her family all the time, and I will eat that way more than i should but anyways i i talked to this brewery um i want to say it was mitten mitten brewing in grand rapids um and uh, yeah i asked them i was like how do you get the flavors and they said we just we they have a dutch bakery up there and they just get a ton of this banquette and rip and <laughs> it, into cool. the into the secondary it goes and totally. it was like you can't you can't and they actually had a peach cobbler uh, blonde or something like uh, I want. It was a peach. Maybe it's peach pie blonde. Maybe that's where I got the idea from. But they did the same thing with that, and it was just like it was a sour, and you got all the flavors. But I've also had beers where you know you hit the nail on the head when you measure out those flavors specifically because everything's layered a bit more. It doesn't just taste. Sure. It tastes like beer plus that. Um, you know, that flavor profile that you're going for. And I think it's, it's going to be cheaper and you're going to have, like, like Brian said earlier, you're going to have less chance of spoilage. You're going to have, uh-huh. so I, 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 and I actually find it more challenging. Like that's, that's kind of what I like to do. I like to, okay, I want to make, I want to make this beer taste like this pie or, or this thing. Like here's all the individual pieces that I'm trying to get. Um, and and then I'm, I'm layering those together, like you said, and, and they're making, you know, the end product taste like this kind of pie. Now, if I go back and say, I'm making, you know, uh, famous Amos chocolate chip cookie stout, then <laughs> yeah. chocolate chip cookies or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Sanders bumpy cake, like I talked about earlier. Like, if you're if you're going for something so specific then yeah the only thing you can do is yeah your yeah well, yeah yeah and, and like the other thing like if you want to if you want to drink your dessert like you have something in mind and you're just like i want this in liquid form just use that in your beer with alcohol you know <laughs> yeah it's like yeah do that with alcohol but uh if you want like the flavors of a stout or you know the flavors of a blonde and then that are complemented by you know the flavors of said dessert of your choosing uh, it definitely pays a lot more to be a little bit more analytical about 
what you're putting into that beer because it's going to preserve a bit more of the beer that's underneath it rather than just inundating it with the flavors of yeah. these desserts. I, I would also anticipate losing maybe like half of the volume of beer per, you know, volume of whatever you throw into it. Yeah. Uh, as well like if you throw a whole pie into your like secondary or something like expect to lose like half a pie's worth of like beer probably to just motion and garbage and, and shit that you don't want to like have to have to serve in a glass um sponge cake or something like that you know we'll probably soak up like a, a whole other ton of beer like you'll yeah. you'll lose a yeah. lot of volume depending on, on the on the you know, adjuncts you use if you're using like actual desserts and shit like that versus like spices and fruits and, and whatnot. Yeah. It was actually, it was Nilla wafers. I forget the beer we, we, we just messed around with where you and I talked about it and I had to put a box of Nilla wafers in it. What did you do that in? I can't remember, but I just remember at the end of it being incredibly impressed with how much liquid a Nilla wafer soaks up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not excited about that i'm i'm gonna be using i think nilla wafers or graham crackers you know again in, in that mead that um peach cobbler mead soon and yeah i i i expect to to lose some for sure and I, I socked them too i mean i so i, I by socking i mean i i put i put the cookies in a fine mesh uh, bag and and put that bag into my secondary uh, fermenter. Do, I, do you do you think there would be more or less liquid absorption if you pulverized them? I don't well, think it's going to matter. I don't. I don't think it mattered. Like yeah, but I. I. I, I they were. I, I wasn't gentle with them. I don't say I, I didn't pulverize, but just the the the. By the time they were done, Jordan, they were there was nothing of substance left. It was just yeah. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think yeah, pulverizing yeah. would do anything. Right. About it. But I want to say that I, I I would say that they probably you know quintupled their weight in beer, like. Well, I mean, you're, you're basically throwing loss. more. You're more grain. It's basically like throwing more grains in your in your mash. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. You're just. It's just up there. It's dry as shit, and that's going to yep. absorb the liquid. That's really true. So, what a a pound of grain absorbs about an eighth of a, a gallon of water. So mm. maybe maybe just anticipate that for dry goods. I uh, in the spirit of pie, this isn't quite pie, but I I also found a tiramisu stout Ooh. from ferndale so not not quite pie but still i'm a little jealous dessert-y. we'll but see how this there should be cinnamon in there and cream and lady fingers technically which are kind of <laughs> yeah. like a... um coffee vanilla chocolate milk sugar yeah i don't know exactly how they made it maybe they use nilla wafers too i don't know let's say there was a um, tiramisu style this was long long ago when i was first getting into craft beer i don't i think i was just freshly brewing beer at this time too and this was from the now no longer there bob up in grand rapids Mm. um 
but whatever brewer that they had there made a tiramisu stout and it, it was just one of those beers that is always going to be stuck up here because it tasted just like the fucking dessert and it was amazing i actually but, don't know if i've ever had tiramisu <laughs> wait really oh it's phenomenal probably my favorite dessert you know what? <laughs> costco sells one that's like six pounds just go buy that and have oh, yourself yeah. a weekend Oh yeah! Oh my God! <laughs> we're, we're just there today. I should have looked. That's getting me excited about going to Costco. <laughs> Jason, I found your little steak strips there when I was there today. We didn't end up buying any, but they're still there. Oh, your I, need, ones. I need yeah. to go. I need to go pick some of those up. So right, they're off, on an end cap. Off topic, but what what are these? Those bring me in the loop. So Jason, somebody at Costco, they for for some reason they they started taking like. Um, I think it's either a strip steak or a ribeye, and they slice it super thin, probably for like cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. So it's it sliced it like less than an eighth inch thick. And uh, so a, a couple weeks ago, I was there and I bought a pack and I just brought it right home and I threw it in the marinade and I made jerky with it. Oh, this is like raw. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, I haven't it's, seen that there. Okay. Super thin. It's on an end cap. Steak. <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. And it was it was really good. Like it made it made great jerky. And I was uh, I was just gonna ask jerky because I need to make some jerky. And if I don't yeah, have to cut it, I brought the whole thing home and I literally just I I dumped it in a bag with some marinade and I turned it all into jerky. And uh, it was so worth it. Um, I, I actually made more jerky after that. I I hand cut and it just was like lame why because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't go back to costco so that's cool if they if they, they still have it i will uh yep, oh, still there. Shit. i'll go there tomorrow maybe maybe we'll have to do a, a michigan jerks episode mm, different channel <laughs> yeah. uh, like, find us on only fans uh, <laughs> <laughs> christ my, uh, my my mom so she says banana pudding beer right uh, so she just texted me with the ingredients for a banana pudding. So uh, bananas, vanilla, wafers, and vanilla, or you can make homemade banana pudding and dump it in. Out of, so, out of all of us, Brian, I think you have the most experience with bananas and beer. Fuck. No, I, <laughs> I, need, to, I need to redo. Th- so that was going to be my like my angry yearly like redemption beer and i haven't tried it in like four years now just because it pissed me off so much like the last couple times i've tried it i've told this story before but the long of the short is it that like one of my very first solo beers i brewed a chocolate banana stout that ended up more like a like chocolatey ish heffy porter bomb like I would that that had like all sorts of like fermentation issues and all flavors and was like severely overcarbed and, and everything. And, uh, you know, I, I was so scared of bottle bombs that I made Shana go and throw it away in the trash because, you know, I wouldn't, I didn't want to risk my own life. Um, yep. so, Ever the gentleman. uh, yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I am a gentleman, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I have not tried anything banana related in years now. So maybe maybe that should be on the docket for the fall now. Let's I'll let's think, do it. Think about it. All right. 
So mom, if I do something with bananas, I'll, I'll make sure that you get some, even though I know you don't really drink beer. So I do like banana pudding though. I don't know if I've ever had banana pudding. It just, is it just like mushy Nilla wafer banana garbage? I'm assuming banana pudding is, cause I don't know if I've ever had it standalone, but I'm assuming that's kind of like the center of like a banana cream pie. Oh my God. Are you guys? Mm. Okay. I grew up I'm uncultured swine. Banana, banana pie or banana pudding is like a, a southern cultural staple. Okay. So you you take you take and you slice a lot of bananas up, and then you basically line your bowl with vanilla wafers and bananas, and then you put in banana pudding, and then you cover that with more sliced vanilla wafers and bananas. Yeah, I, I think I've had this. Yeah. That sounds that sounds amazing. I love banana cool. pudding. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's cool. good, but the bananas get soft and soggy and weird. Okay. I'll, I still want to try it. Yeah, let's banana, banana brandy. Brandy. Oh, yeah. What? That sounds amazing. I like. I love pear brandy. I could totally imagine some banana brandy. Wait, do the? Are you saying add that as an ingredient, Brian? Is banana brandy a thing? Like I've Not, never seen no. it. I don't know. I would I wouldn't know where to buy it. Now we're going down a rabbit hole because that sounds I great. Know. It does sound great. I want I want to see what he says, but um do, do do you do you feel like going still, Jason? Because there's still another like technological pie part of the episode that we can do, like raspberry pie. <laughs> Go for it. I, I don't have know. to actually be sitting here eating pie now because i'm not on camera <laughs> uh, and it is pie day so i'm having a, a piece of lemon meringue pie we can just we can just bullshit for the rest of the episode i think that we could do like a a michigan brews technology episode as a standalone um, <laughs> I, I i don't have you, enough you, like you, you've got the program right that like your little um tapless stuff that would be awesome there's a there's a bunch of like brewery related stuff that you can do with raspberry pie um so, you know, you, you can um, just on its own, you can run taplist IO, you know, from a browser on a Raspberry Pi. Uh, if you feel like uh, using their software, um, there's BrewPi, which is um, like a sort of like taplist IO sort of software. I think you can, um, if you have one of the, um, the Play-Doh airlocks, you can do some fancy stuff. Um, with your computer or a pie. Um, but what, what I, what I was referencing way earlier in the episode when Matt, um, popped on, you know, I don't, he's probably, you're probably not watching anymore on that, but, um, last week, I believe, maybe it was two weeks ago, he put out a video called DIY, uh, keg monitoring system. So, uh, that he, so he, so basically he built his own, um keg scales um i'm gonna have to go and, watch and, this yeah and yeah and he, he put out a video of like how he made it and stuff like that and he basically runs all of the data back to home assistant which you can then uh query with whatever you want yeah. um, you can you, you can view your your tabs right out of home assistant or you can uh, just kind of open up an api to get your data out of home assistant to some other custom application that you make but um the video I'm going to put in the chat right there. Um, 
it, it's it's great it's a great watch um he put a lot of a lot of thought and effort into in how he did this and it's it's really cool um he tries to mimic a um a plato keg scale i don't, I don't know if I don't know if the Plato keg scale has like a specific name, but in any way, um, as as well as he can with just like, you know, 20 bucks worth of ingredients and stuff. And like literally it looks amazing. So totally, totally worth looking at and checking out. Um, the Plato keg scales are like 130 bucks. So I was going to say, if you yep. go to 20 bucks versus yeah, yeah. That, that would be that's, amazing. that's why I'm like, I'm looking at it. Cause I've been, I've been eyeing those Plato scales for a while and, uh, I'm definitely not afraid of a little bit of a DIY project. Uh, so if he's kind of, you know, blaze the trail a little bit to give me something so I don't have to do too much bushwhacking, yep. then yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take a look at it. If you have like a 3D printer or access to a 3D printer, like you can even print out um, plastic inlays to put your, uh, I can't remember the word for it, the the weight sensors, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, anyway, anyway they, they go, go watch the video. We'll, we'll watch yeah, it. I'll really watch do. it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, go, go, go check out his channel. We had him on the show a while ago. The dude's awesome. Uh, we should have him back at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I love to hear that he's he's still he's he's pushing that. He's a guy that really enjoys the craft and is is using it as an outlet for you know all of his creative um, hobbies, I guess. But yeah, yeah, good guy. I think he mentioned sometime during the episode that this was one of his like first like soldering projects and stuff like that too so you do you do need like a soldering iron yeah, that is a prerequisite for the build but well yeah, um, i can i you know they're, they're I, pretty I, cheap i was gonna say i enjoy buying shit off amazon so great yeah <laughs> but if you don't run home assistant at home um that's something you should look into there's a lot of fun cool things you can do i, I, do, I, I already uh, have that going yeah, I don't know. I, I I've started to drink a bunch of the. I don't know how strong the stout is now. My cheeks are far more warm than they normally are. Like a an hour and a half into an does, episode, does it not say what's on there? Does it not say the ABV? I'm sure it does somewhere. Watch it like thirteen five or something like that. <laughs> all their big stouts are 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 always like in the upper range of the ABVs, but oh, perfect, perfect. You know, so I, we, uh, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Brian. No, no, no. I I didn't really actually know where I was going with that. I was I was just gonna say like we covered a number of things. We covered like raspberry pies. We covered you know brewing brewing with pies. Um, I was just going to say like, you know, where, what, what else, what else is there that we can wrap in, wrap in pie? No, I think the, 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 the moral of the story is go be experimental with your homebrew and have fun. True. Do crazy shit. True dad. Yep. And, and be, be cool. Cause sometimes it could be amazing, but just understand that there are better ways to be experimental than, than hey. not. Yeah, there's there's ways you can save yourself money. There's ways you can experiment while still making a more quality product um, and not having to dump a beer. Um, yep. Yeah, and it may be it may be different for each brewer. 
I mean, True. that's 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 the that's, that's a, part it of the fun of it. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I might you know I might be able to make a great beer just by for you know some reason haphazardly dumping a pie in my fermenter, and it may not work out the same way for Brian, but he he might be able to make something that's equally as good or better by you know being analytical and building his recipe and the flavors. So you know, it's you don't really know unless you experiment. So. That's the fun of home brewing. And once you get into like fruit and stuff, like the, like a fruit when it ferments tastes different than if you stabilize and just add fruit. And so, you know, there's there's things like adding some ingredients and letting it re-ferment out and then stabilizing and then adding more of that ingredient yep. and getting like this this layered sort of complexity. And you know, there's all sorts of things that you can do with with ingredients and home brewing and stabilization and adjuncts and yeah it's 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 definitely you know pastry stouts are still pretty new as far as the industry goes um i don't know if it's going to progress much further i feel like there's sort of a drop off in interest as of late as to like you know people wanting you know german chocolate cake stouts and stuff like that um, but I don't know because I'm literally one person. I'm not the beer market. So, <laughs> and we're, we're just in Michigan. We really don't drink a lot of beer from all over the country, especially because Michigan fucked up our laws and we can't, you know, get beer <laughs> from other states shipped to us right now. So, yeah. um, write your legislature <laughs> legislators in michigan like let's, yep. let's get that shit fixed but stupid law yep but yeah i mean no i think those i think the, you know things like pastry pastry stouts uh i think they do a good job of introducing <laughs> new beer drinkers new you know people to craft beer that's they a good have, point yeah they have they have a good place um but that also might be why you know the uh uh, you know, interest is, might be waning a little bit um, because we there was a lot of things that came out really fast. You know, we saturated the market, brought a lot of new beer drinkers in. And as people come in to a new hobby or craft, they diversify, at least at some point. Um, so, you know, we're we're we we may see it's it's anybody's game, really. I mean, we had IPAs for a while. We had sours. Um you know, a lot of people say Pilsners might be coming in. You know, barrel-aged stouts were a huge fad for a while. So it's we've been saying Pilsners for years now. I'm still going for it. Maybe it's just one of these years. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, that, that's all I have for the night. What about you guys? Yeah. No, no I'm good. I'm gonna go beat the shit out of my internet and uh, home network. Crack the whip on it. Going on. But, uh, I, I, I will, uh, uh, Ken, Ken Tram got back to me just going speaking of like future episodes and stuff like that. Um, he's super busy right now and, um, it's, <laughs> I, I probably waited too long to try to get back a hold of him. Um, so he's like crazy busy with like, uh, his farm again, now that the, the frost has ended well, not yet. We still got a couple months probably, but now that we mostly have green grass and he's trying to get shit sorted uh, his way. So I'm still hoping that we can get him on maybe in the next year, but right now um, 
he's super busy, but um, really thankful that, that he got back to us. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen, hopefully, at some point in time. Yeah. He's such a cool guy. Um, so I wanted to say that as far as like the next, you know, month's worth of episodes goes, um, we're still wanting to organize something with Siren of Stout. Um, I think we want to get pucks on at some point in time still. I, I still have some of their cider in the fridge and I still have some for you, Jordan. Um, it's just been, we've had logistical issues for the last while. And yeah. a lot of that's on us. Um, are we having an episode next week? I can't remember if we have anything scheduled right now. What's, what's, uh, uh, no, but we're supposed to be having a meeting here in the next week or so. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get some posts out. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're like we did last year. We want to uh, try to at least organize the, the next, you know, quarter or half year's worth of episodes, if not the, the next entire year and try to get stuff sorted out. Jason's going to be uh, MIA for a couple more episodes this year than he was last year. Um, yep. We've been talking about pre-recording episodes. We've been talking about doing short pours uh, to try to make up for stuff. If you did watch my short pour on the BJCP uh, online exam, um, let me know what you thought about it. Uh, I know I was kind of eating the mic a little bit during that episode and or during that, that recording when I went back and listened to it. Um, have this very you know deep voluptuous boy voice that uh that doesn't always mesh well with this mic unless i uh, step back a little bit from it so um right on if, if anybody wants to give me four hundred dollars for a sure mic like you know <laughs> uh, yeah I'll, I'll i'll take it as well that's <laughs> those things are amazing jesus yeah if we're going right for the industry standard like but no, thank you everybody for tuning in tonight. Um, I know. It was. Uh, I, I, I like this episodes. Just, just, just the chill and talking just, and bullshitting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I enjoy it as well. It would be cooler but, if I could uh, be on screen, but we do have uh, uh, Brian. I think uh, one of you two, because it wasn't me, um, put out a post for homebrew, right? I did. That was me. Yeah, yeah. So if you have homebrew, sign up. Follow the link on our post on Facebook. Uh, send us some beer. We'll do some. We'll do some reviews online. Uh, let you know what what we what we taste. We're you know we're not certified beer judges yet, Brian. Um, we're, we're trying. Yeah, we're we're trying we're trying to get there. But um, if you want some, you know, fairly unbiased feedback as as best as we can. Uh, go ahead and sign up and get us some beer and we'll, we'll do some live tastings and tune in and you'll get live feedback on, on what you brewed. We'll have one of those going on in uh, April sometime. We, have, we haven't decided which Monday, but um, for sure sometime in April. Um, and, and, you know, if, if it's just our beer, then that's fine. But man, we really like drinking other people's beer and uh and, and discovering what's out there and what other people are doing and stuff like that because i kind of know what a jason and a jordan and a brian beer tastes like but i don't know what you know a random listener 758 beer tastes like or something so you know uh, 
get in touch with us. If you're local to Kalamazoo, uh, Portage, shit. I mean, even if you're like half an hour out, like I'll come get your beer from you. Oh yeah, That's Battle fine. Battle Creek, Plain Well. Yeah. Like if, if you're yeah. further than that, like I said, like I mean, ship your beer to us and I'll reimburse you. Like it's fine. Like you're doing us a favor by letting us drink your beer on the show and like hang out and talk about it and do shit. Like it's so fun. Like I just. I'm really thankful that we have like people that just hang out with us and chat and like, and let us talk about beer and shit. So, um, yeah, I, I would, and, and if it's meat or cider or whatever too, like that's fine too. Just whatever. We're, we're very thankful for everybody that hangs out with us every week. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's my, my second spiel of the night. <laughs> Fourth. Anyways. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're good for for the evening i don't have anything else to add good jason brian you guys good yeah man jason Good's is slug, guys. he's 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 slogging away at the internet all right well <laughs> thanks for cheers, tuning everyone. in with us cheers and cheers. we'll see you uh we'll see you soon all right